everyone, G Money here, futurist disruptor ape, and your source for all things NFT. You're tuning into the Cutting Edge Podcast, where we discuss the importance of the emerging NFT market with culture's most influential people. Whether you want to know about the next biggest drops or just want to know the basics of where to start, the Cutting Edge can help. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. Hey guys, welcome to the Cutting Edge Podcast, where culture meets crypto. Today, we have one of the most prominent figures in NFT music. By day, she's an entrepreneurial artist, Web3 advocate, and speaker and head of community at NFT protocol, Zora. By night, she's a singer-songwriter, rapper, producer, performance artist, and all-around NFT music pioneer. Most importantly, she is focused on onboarding minority artists to the forefront of crypto, tech, and blockchain. Please welcome Latasha. Hi, Hi Latasha. guys. What's up? How you doing? Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. I'm really excited and just really ready to talk about all the things we're going to talk about. Nice. And, and, you know, like I was just thinking about like, how is it that we met? Was it just, was it maybe you that slid into my DMs or I slid into your oh, DMs? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> All the sliding in the DMs happened. Dan actually um, connected oh, us. Yes. Dan Sickles. Dan Sickles, yeah. I, yeah, and, he, and then. He to talk to Latasha. Yeah, he kept saying, you got to talk to, you got to talk to G-Money. And I was like, all right, let me talk to G-Money and see what's good. Yeah, oh, you're right. Because I remember um, we were supposed to chat. I think it was like right before our Basel, but then our schedules were just like insane. Right. (laughs) The week afterwards. But yeah, like how was, because you did, you ran an event at Art Basel, correct? Yeah, I ran Zortopia IRL at Art Basel and it was amazing. I can't even, we'll get all into that stuff too. All right, perfect. Yeah, so I mean, I guess for, let's just start with, for those uh, people in the audience that don't know who you are, your background, like Let's tell us a little bit about Latasha and and then how you ended up getting into the Web3 space. Word. So my name is Latasha. I am from Brooklyn, New York. Um, Yeah, you you already know. Um, I was born and raised and now I live in Los Angeles, California. Um, I have been making music for about 10 years out of three different names, LA, Latasha Alcindor, and then now just Latasha. Um, I started out this music thing by accident. I was a poet in college and ended up doing a lot of ciphers and poetry slams. And then one thing led to another and I found myself opening for like Kanye and Q-Tip and all these crazy people. And before I knew it, I realized I didn't really like how the industry was working for women, especially women of color. And um, I was figuring out ways to just stay independent. That was like my game. I'm from Brooklyn. So, you know, I grew up in the same hoods as Jay-Z. And I, all I heard Jay-Z saying my whole life was, keep your masters, keep your masters. And um, I wanted to do that as much as I could. So um, did a lot of different types of music, did sync music. And a lot of my songs are on television and on different movies and shows. I also do do performance art and was a resident at National Sawdust and The Shed and all these crazy places in New York. And then I moved to um, LA and I just started making 
music content with my squad lighthouse and we all live together and they build my music videos with me and I help them build their films and other productions. And then the pandemic hit and we were like, Oh gosh, what are we going to do? Um, and then one day my partner came into the room and he was like, yo, you ever heard of NFTs? And I was like, what is that? Um, was really skeptical about NFTs. Didn't understand. Didn't like, that? I, I was like, that was, oh, that was in um, January of 2021. Okay. Um, was super skeptical about it. Was like, what about my copyright? Um, and all the questions. And then really started digging into what this was and realized that this was like a really amazing, fertile soil for all the things that I want to do as an independent artist. And so I minted my first NFT in February 2021. And it became the first music video NFT on blockchain. And then I became the first woman rapper on blockchain that same day. And um, it was crazy. And it sold in three minutes. I, that was when I knew something interesting was happening in this space. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was the beginning. That's amazing. That's that's an incredible story. I, I love hearing stories like that where um, you know, creators come in, find the space, and then like it changes their lives, right? Like, because I think we've both seen that so much over the last year. Uh, Absolutely. Two questions I had from uh, your intro was one is I think it's what, why did you change your name over time, right? And I'm just asking this because like I think this is really pertinent, right? Like, obviously, G Money is not my real name, and I've <laughs> other screen names throughout time, but it's it's very interesting, I think, to to kind of be like, you know, what, like, what was it, the kind of like the process you went through where it's like, why did you choose certain names during certain times? And then ending up with uh, Latat, your real name ultimately, right? Yeah. You know, I didn't know what my rap name was going to be because I didn't know I was going to be a rapper. I thought I was going to get out of school and go to Broadway. I was writing plays and stuff. So, you know, I didn't know. And then, you know, the hood would call me LA. So I would just, you know, call myself LA because the hood was calling it. But as I started to get to know myself as an artist, I wanted to get closer to who I truly am. And so, you know, I started with Latasha Alcindor after LA and then I went through this whole phase where I didn't want to reveal like my family and my family ties. So I was like, all right, let me get rid of the last name. And I just started using Latasha. And um, I put an accent on the last A for so many reasons. Um, one, to speak on my like Caribbean and Latina heritage. Um, and then two, because I feel like I'm an accented person. <laughs> um, but I, I also think, you know, as an artist, you find yourself in different forms of yourself over time, right? Like, I think Latasha Alcindor was a, like, really ed educated, like, she was rapping about, like, deep, deep things and going real hard on some things that are, I still go hard on, but, like, it was a very different person than I am today. And I think Latasha is me in my fullest light. And that's why I just decided to just use my first name on some Madonna, Beyonce. <laughs> I, love, I mean, those are, those are great contemporaries. So, you know, that, that's a good choice. Thank um, you. Uh, yeah, so I, you mentioned about, you know, Jay-Z always saying, you know, keep your masters. The, did you have a, like, were you looking at a record deal with like a normal uh, record company? Or were you yeah. just like, like, you know, don't even talk to me? 
<laughs> so I had a lot of labels, you know, approach me um, and like kind of tell me, you know, different things about like who I should be as an artist. But I was still learning myself as an artist. So I didn't want anybody to like tell me what I needed to be. I wanted to hold my creative control. Along with that, I had a lot of labels just like tell me things that were shutting down my actual being. So I had PR that would try to push like diet pills on me. And I had, you know, different people telling me like, oh, you got to rap more sexy and be like more like, you know, one woman rapper that was out at the time. And it was just like, all these boxes people wanted me to be in. And then I read the contracts and I was like, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I luckily I had a law like background in, in high school, I took law classes. So I really knew how to read a contract. And so when I would read these contracts, I would just like, this is insane. Like I'm putting all this energy into my music. I'm spending all of this money into going to the studio. I'm investing all of this stuff for you guys to tell me that you want to own all of it for the rest of my days. And along with that, only give me this set amount of money. And that's just a loan. So I would have to pay you back. It was insane to me. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to figure out how to keep these masters. And it was hard. I've been through a lot of trials. I've been homeless. I've lost like everything and friends and all the things. But now looking back, especially now being in the Web3 space, I'm grateful for those hard times because now I have this really new, robust community and world to tell this story to and empower and inspire. Yeah. And it's it's funny you mentioned that because like I'm a firm believer. It's like life isn't what happens to you. It's like what happens for you, right? Yeah. So, you know, taking those trials and tribulations that at that moment, you're probably like, why, you know, and I probably, this is, this is something all, all of us in crypto should probably be listening to right now. It's like, you know, <laughs> why are we experiencing so much pain in the pullback? But like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, right. It's like, this is what makes you stronger and what helps you exactly. forward. Right. So exactly. I, I really, really appreciate that. And, you know, I, it's, I, you hear it so much with all create whatever, whether it be a musician or an artist, you know, when they come in, uh, to the space, they're just like, yeah, like, you know, I just didn't want to be in like that system that was kind of, you know, just raping and pillaging, right? Like mm -hmm. it's the best way to describe it. So, you know, I think, especially this year, as we look in 2022, and it feels like this is probably the year for music NFTs, as people are starting to kind of mess around with like the format, right? And right. Like, how, how is it? And like, I would love to, to pick your brain on this, right? Where it's like, <laughs> What do you like? What like? There's so many avenues that music NFTs that people are attacking it from, and mm -hmm. I don't know which one works, right? Because like, part of what makes like a good song is the fact that people know what it is, right? Exactly. What makes song valuable is that people know the song. Mm -hmm. So like, sometimes to sell a one of one and like only or to sell it like token gated kind of defeats the purpose. Um, right. Right. Because as a musician, you want everybody to hear your song, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, like I heard my song on the radio. Like, that's like yeah. your goal as a musician. Yeah. And, like, I just don't know if like the current model, like how to, yeah, like what are well, your, I just, I, 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 well, I, I think there's so many parts to it. I giggled because everybody, I always tell everybody, I hate the term pick my brain because I feel like everybody's <laughs> turning into zombies. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, I think one 
people need to understand that every artist doesn't want the same thing. Like some artists, yes, they want to make their music go viral and as far as possible because they imagine that creates income, that creates, you know, fandom, that creates more, right? And yes, in some retrospects, they, that completely happens, right? But sometimes we're finding that artists are going viral and then not getting any income out of that viralness or whatever we're going to call the word, right? Um, and so it's really about where the artist is and what they need and like what platforms kind of speak to what they need at that time, right? So when I first was getting into NFTs, I knew that I wanted to create a new blueprint, right? And a new model of how musicians could make income and success for themselves. So when I first started, I was like, all right, what's most important to me right now? And right now it was about making some income so that I could create more. So I was like, cool, I'm gonna push some music videos that I already have, some content I already have, some music I already have, and then see that build. And that has been amazing to witness like all this income that I'm growing that from pieces that were just living in my hard drive or living on my phone or I used one time at a show or things like that, right? Or they're living on YouTube and nobody was like connecting with it for like in the numbers of what streaming is supposed to give you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one side of it. Um, so I think about what artists wants and then eventually I release this music onto Web3, right? I get my income, I create another music video, and I release this music video onto Web2s or wherever I want to, like streaming, et cetera, et cetera. Release it again onto NFTs, and now I'm creating this cycle of an ecosystem for myself, right? And that, to me, is more imperative than just going viral or getting your song to go everywhere. I think that's not enough anymore. You need a foundation that you could stand on. And I, I was listening to somebody talk about like, if you could have a thousand fans who pay a hundred dollars for your music, that's enough for you to be able to sustain yourself. And that, I mean that as a, every year, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're witnessing through NFTs. We're finding these super fans, these super supporters, these, these communities that want to see artists grow and create their own ecosystems. So the question now is like, how do we push that story? And how do we allow these Web3 artists that are doing this to go viral in that way too? So what I'm hoping for is to see like platforms like SoundXYZ or a catalog really end up going viral and becoming the main focus instead of the streaming platforms that we already have. Right. Yeah. And I think it's going to take time because of course. they're so entrenched, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I spoke into a couple like executives in, in the record label industry mm -hmm. and like, like we want to get involved in Web3 and like, you know, I just laugh. I'm like, dude, like you're part of the reason Web3 is <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know, they're so mad at me right now so i can't really <laughs> no, but it, but it's true right because they're like how can we get involved i'm like i mean if you can figure it out please let me know because like you know to me it's you've done a you've done a lot to get a lot of bad will over the last mm -hmm. you know, 100 100 or so years right i think with the labels though they need to start thinking of their infrastructure in a different way so like instead of 360ing your artists you know, decide what you offer artists and then become agencies to those offerings. So like, if you want to just give marketing tools to artists, man, I, I, I 
connect with somebody on some marketing front. And like, if you guys are just pushing my music, my web three music and pushing it, I'd give you guys a few bucks for that. But mm -hmm. for you to tell me that you're going to own everything that I do for per perpetuity is problematic. Um, so I really think if labels want to get into this space, they need to start breaking up their development tools and deciding what they're going to offer now and then deciding artists need to be first in all their offerings. Right. Yeah. And it's really, you know, just empowering the artists mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to like leech on. Right. Exactly. Then, you know, it's like, cause you're like, you are your own CEO. Right. And you're kind of like hiring. And I, I, I speak from like experience cause I'm like building out like my team. Exactly. So, like, you know, when I look at somebody, I'm like, all right, well, you know, how are we going to work together? Right. Because if, if you're asking too much from me and you don't provide the value, then I'll find somebody else. Right. And exactly. That's, that's the way it should be. Right. Like mm -hmm. as the artist, you should be focused on creating your music, but then you want to have the team around you that empowers you, not that makes you feel disempowered. Exactly. You don't want to feel disempowered because it makes worse music. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like your spirit is shut down. And, you know, for years we've watched artists go into the deep end and their lives become really dark because of the industry. And we just don't want that anymore for our artists anymore. And I know I don't want that for myself. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, you know, and, and thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that that's like super insightful, uh, especially as again, like people, musicians are trying to figure out how they fit uh, in the web three world or how the web three world fits into, into their, into their strategy, you know? Mm -hmm. so, and, but, yeah, go. I was just going to say, like, I think sometimes people think it's like web two versus web three. And I don't, think like that anymore. I think it's more so how is Web3 evolving what Web2 offers us and figuring out how to tie those together, right? Um, and you utilizing all the tools that are before you. So if you're a musician, you got to think about everything that you have, right? And yes, it could get overwhelming, especially when you don't have a team and you're doing this all by yourself like myself and just my small team, you know, it could get overwhelming. So it's about what can you focus on and like how deep can you go into the focus where that's running itself and it's a wheel that's moving on its own. And so that is my focus now. Like I'm going to make Web3 the wheel that moves on its own so that I could go and focus on the other things that I need to focus on too. Right. And, and I agree with you. And I think that's the right way to look at it. Right. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Twitter is web two, right? Instagram is web mm -hmm. two. Those exactly. are critical, right? If you mm -hmm. want any sort of following uh, in the mass market, right? So a lot of times when, you know, uh, I think I, I tweeted something recently about something like on Instagram, people are like, oh, like, why are you doing something on Instagram? I'm like, I mean, that's where everybody is, you know? Right. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, as much as we all utilize it in the crypto space, like in the real world, like nobody's on Twitter. Everyone's mm -hmm. on Twitter. Right. So right. it's like, you know, we're, we can't sit there and try to evangelize the tech and then right. be like, nah, if you're not in here, we're not going to help you. Right. <laughs> you, have to, you have to kind of guide them in. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think my only fear is data usage and things of that from Web2. I think mm -hmm. Web2 did a lot of, you know, just leeching and yep. a lot of like taking from us without offering. And I think Web3 is solving that problem. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. And that's why like Web3 sprung up. Right. And and part of it is like, I know it's going to take time, but mm -hmm. eventually, like I know what we're working towards is 
the right way and the way it should be. It's an equitable future. Exactly. Um, it just takes time, you know? All of it's going to take time. But it's it takes time, but in Web3, things are speedy fast. <laughs> so fast. Like, you know, if you sleep for like eight hours, it's like, oh my God, what did I miss? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Story of my life. <laughs> But yeah, you know, as as you started navigating Web3, speaking of that, right, that transition from Web2 to Web3, you know, there, it's not easy, right? Like, it's like, even like, when people ask me questions now, I'm almost like, oh, man, where do I begin, right? Because there's <laughs> so much, there's so much info out there. Who did you turn to uh, for support and to learn from, like, when you first were getting into the space? Like, what was your process for getting in? Such a good question. Nobody really asked me that question. Um I mean, I started out with my partner, Ja, um, Art by Ja is his name on Twitter, if anybody wants to find him. He was actually my onboarder. He, you know, showed me the whole process. Um, but even before getting into Web3, I feel like I intuitively was doing a lot of research um, because I think Web3 speaks heavily on physics and metaphysics. And I always kind of have been into that turf and like multiverses and, you know, hyperstructures and all that kind of was always my thing. I, I'm a big Marvel fan too. So we just like studied all of those things anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and also manifestation and, you know, energy work. I think, you know, web three speaks to energy work because Ethereum is a form of energy, right? So I, I think all of that was first. Um, and then as I kept getting into the community, I started just following everybody um, that I saw was talking about NFTs, especially people of color, especially women of color. Um, I wanted to make sure that I felt like I could connect with somebody who looked like me. Um, mm -hmm. I was like, all right, let me find more black women in this space and see, you know, how they feel about the space. And then out of nowhere, this community just started to form. Um, and then I would ask people from platforms, like I would hit up, you know, Zora or hit up Rarible and tell me like, what is this? What, what, what can I do with this, et cetera. And in the early stages of this, like everybody was just trying to figure it out. Right. So everybody <laughs> was answering each other's questions and just like making rules up together. And, um, that's how it started. It was just like, com like people just word to a word of mouth, DM, DM, and, you know, GM, GM, and just doing a lot of that work in the beginning. Yeah. And I had a very similar experience, right? When I came into the space, you know, obviously new person on the block, I came in maybe like four months, five months before you, right? Mm -hmm. So not that much earlier before you did. And everybody was just so helpful. So that, like, when people ask me, like, where do I start now? I'm like, oh man, like the space has evolved so much. But when <laughs> I, I got in, you know, and like, there's just so many more resources that didn't exist. Right? Agreed. Agreed. When, when we got in where it's like, you know, then I, you, I could, I could message, you know, one of the like most OG punks and they would like be like, they would be responding right away. And now, you know, like, and I was, yeah, now it's like, you, you, they're getting like a hundred DMs a day where you obviously can't answer it. Even if you mm -hmm. wanted to, right? Yeah, exactly. So, That's my life right now. I literally get a hundred DMs a day. <laughs> yeah. And as much as you want to respond to them, you really can't. Right. And, yeah. It's like, really hard. Um, People get upset about it, but you know, I'm a human. Yeah. I'm only one person. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd say the same thing. I, I try to kind of focus my energy on what I think could have the most impact. So sometimes me not responding to one person DMing me, but being able to talk to somebody that can have impact in helping other, like, you know, a hundred people 
I exactly. talk to that person, then to me, that's worth it, right? Yeah. And that's why I started Zorotopia, though. Um, and we don't have to talk about it yet, but, you know, Zorotopia was at first just a way for me to get a lot of people in one space to talk about NFTs and talk about Web3 and onboard. Um, I really wanted to get my community involved in this and like help as many people that were in my DMs be like, you know, I think the best way to learn is with a group, with a lot of different people, you know, figuring it out, not always one-on-one. -on -one. I think when you create that community next to you, you have people to walk through this with you. So Zorotopia started out as just an educational platform to support those people in my DMs. <laughs> yeah. So let's get, let's just get into that right now. And then we'll, we'll come back to the other stuff in a minute. But mm -hmm. so Zorotopia is what exactly? Zortopia is a platform for education that I built out with Zora. I started out just on a virtual Zoom call with, you know, 10 people that had questions for me. And in the past six months, we've onboarded over 500 people onto wow. NFTs. Um, and it's been an amazing journey, honestly. Um, I've gotten so many, you know, people that are in the space now got jobs from Web3 or also are like the like pioneers of something or now are like just making income that they never seen before in their lifetime. And it's been really just empowering and inspiring for me to um, watch people take this information and really just grow beautiful works into it. Right. Yeah, that, that's incredible. So I, I guess... How did how did you go from releasing the music video right last year to mm -hmm. becoming the head of community at Zora? Like, was that did they approach you? Were you like, you know what, I fuck with you guys? Like, I want to. <laughs> like, how, how did that start? So I'm actually head of community programming at Zora. We have a dual team. So shout out to Mikhail, who's also part of head, um, community with me, but. Um, I just always was a big fan of Zora. And anytime I was onboarding people, even before I got into um, NFTs or not into Zora, I used Zora. I was like, this is my favorite platform because one, there was zero commission they were taking. So I was getting the whole pay. Um, two, um, I could put really large file sizes on it. So I was like, my whole music video could fit on Zora. And that was amazing. And then three, the community was just a vibe. I love the aesthetic. I love the people there. Now that Zora is evolving, there's so many more things that I love about Zora. And it's just beautiful to witness it grow. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they saw that I just kept loving it and pushing it. And then I became one of the higher selling artists on Zora as well. And they were like, yo, do you want to just become head of, um, at first I was community lead. And then in six months with Zoratopia IRL, I became head of community programming. So that's how it happened. It was just straight love. And I think Zora speaks to my ethos. I speak to theirs and it was just a really good bond. That, that's amazing. And it's, that's amazing. And it's incredible to how often I hear stories like that in crypto where it just things happen so organically, right? right. Take their time and then they end up happening organically and it, it ends up for the better, right? Like it's, I, yeah. I've learned, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I'm about to turn 40 this year. Oh, wow. So like I have a little, a little wisdom under, under <laughs> and like, I just learned that like when you don't force things in life, like it always, you know, it always, always. 
you know so. always i'm i'm so anti-force at this point <laughs> yeah. I, I have to go back to my younger self and tell myself that that's one of the things i would definitely tell myself like, don't force it like just literally we will meant to be exactly you know? exactly and that's how a lot of great things happen within web 3 too. i think when people just let the things and the waves move it just always happens and works out for people yeah and and you know it's it's kind of funny it's like as I don't know when it happened for me exactly, but at some point uh, I switched from like that scarcity mindset to the abundance mindset. Mm. And like, it no longer became like about the money or like being like having that fear that we all have as human beings where it's like, well, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to pay? Right. No matter how much money you have, for some reason, everybody always has that fear, right? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know why, but like <laughs> it's just, it, we're, we're hard coded with it. But at some point, like that switched for me and when that switched for me, like things just started, you know, just happening that like more, more abundance came, more creativity came, more yeah. like, opportunities to work together came. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't know when that happened for you, or maybe you had it before, you know, I, I think I, I wish I was enlightened enough to have it happen at, <laughs> at a much earlier point in my life. But uh, there's something about being part of the crypto community where I think that that light switch switches on. And once it does, it's like a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had it before getting into crypto because as an artist, you have to have this relationship, I feel, with the universe and just with the forces around you. And so a lot of it was like, <laughs> I, I think about days when I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get this rent, but this rent is going to get paid. You know what I mean? And it always got paid like when I didn't force it or didn't like tell myself, oh, I'm, you know, like worried or like trying mm -hmm. to scramble for money. Um, it always came. It always found its way to me. And so I always think it's about creating that space within yourself that just allowing things to come to you, um, but also discerning when things are not for you and being mm -hmm. like, you know, connected with your own energy to know like, oh, I'm not really feeling how that feels. So maybe that's not the opportunity for me, um, you know, because we're going to get a lot of different kinds of opportunities. So you got to know what's true to your own values and state. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to ask something that's a little off topic, but I'm super <laughs> curious. Do you, do you meditate at all? I meditate every day. That's okay. my life. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> literally, it, it's funny because you mentioned it earlier and I was going to bring it up and it came up again. Like, you know, I, I think a lot of the success that I've had in the last year and a half has to do from the fact that I really, really started meditating uh, maybe like three or four months right before COVID started. Wow. And that just started giving me like the clarity that I needed personally uh, mm -hmm. to kind of see the opportunities in front of me. And like you just the way you've been talking, like I'm like. I, I think she meditates, but I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, meditation is a part of my spiritual practice. I've been meditating since 2012. Um, I had a really deep spiritual awakening in 2012. Um, kind of lost myself and found myself, I like to say. I don't know if we could go into the topic of all of the deep parts of it. But, um, you know, that that moment of my life, I really was at a deep dark end of myself and like really in the shadow forces of my, you know, being. And um, I had to do a lot of experimenting with finding who I am and my purpose and my why. And so meditation became a part of that practice of just 
aligning to me. Um, and so I keep it in everything that I do every morning, 7 a.m. Now, I, I use, I, it depends on like life, but 7 a.m. <laughs> is my try. Um, I'm, I'm writing in my journal. That's like the first thing I do every day to just clear out the thoughts in my head. And then I'm straight up meditating. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I can't stress the the importance of that. Right. Like, the, yeah. The, my daily practice, like when I don't meditate, when I'm like, oh no, I'm too busy. Like I can just, you know, if I do that for like two or three days, like I feel start it. I'm like, oh fuck, like you better meditate. Right? Like, <laughs> cancel that meeting, you know, close your eyes for like 20 minutes and, and mm -hmm. do something, right? Like that and uh, for me, like in, in my journal, what I like to do is also, I have a gratitude list. Oh, I um, love that. Yeah, me too. You know, and like I, I implement it like on, on Sundays, I, I put a, a gratitude post on Sundays just to kind of try to like, spread that message because yeah for me one of those having that feeling of gratitude is it's life-changing because it puts everything in perspective right literally you, you know and i i listened i forgot what podcast it was but um there was one one podcast that i listened to where they'll bring on like high performers and like whatever sector or industry they're in like mm -hmm. titans of industry and they'll be like what's your what's your secret to your success and i'd say like 80 percent of them is say like that attitude of gratitude yeah and, literally that journal and all that and I'm like wow like I need to adopt that and like those are two things I try to do every day yeah same gratitude is key yo even when I'm having the roughest time like mm -hmm. especially when I'm having the roughest time I go to my gratitude list and that usually makes me feel a lot better and you know chakra meditation is the thing that I really like work on and I feel like all those parts really allow you to be your best self yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. And yeah, sorry to go off topic. I was just no, no, no. I love these conversations. This is my shit. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm supposed to curse, but this is my thing. <laughs> no, also, like your energy is so great. And like I remember the first time we met, like I got off the phone. I was like, Yeah, man, she's really cool. Like I can't oh. wait to hang out with her in real life. So you too, yeah. you too, G. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it uh, when we actually will hang out in real life at some point. You know? Yeah, for sure. Are you going to South by Southwest? Um, I think I might. I'm not sure yet. But why, well, let you, me know. Are you doing a Zoratopia IRL in South? Yeah, by we're doing Zoratopia IRL in South by Southwest, so I'm really excited for that, and might be partnering with FWB. So I'm really Ooh. hyped for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Any you? I well, how how soon is it? Yeah, it is. It's in like a month. It's and March. A half. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're working on all of it right now. You know how right. it goes. Do you have <laughs> anything that you could share just yet, or are you still in the planning process? It's just gonna be amazing. That's all I can okay. share right all now. Right. Um, but we will have our NFR like I don't I don't want to call it annual, but it's like every ETH event or big event that we do, we have our NFT fan photo shoot. So mm -hmm. we're gonna be bringing that back. Last time we had it for yearbook style, and we're working on a website for it. So I'm really hyped to share all the pictures that we've been gathering from all these events. All right, that's awesome. I'm I'm very much looking forward to. It. I'll, I'll make sure to make it out there if, if I go yeah. to South by Southwest. I hope I so. I really hope to see you. I think it's gonna be a very crypto heavy event. From yeah, from what I'm what I'm hearing. So it should be fun. I feel know? like crypto's taking over every event. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. What was it like um, at the event in Arbasel? Like I'm sure, like wow. I'm sure that must have been great as well. 
It was such an incredible event. We had Aluna performing from Aluna George and um, Jesse Boykins, myself, Maroof, a lot of Web3 artists. That was like a big focus of mine for Zoratopia to really highlight Web3 musicians that are moving in the space. And then we had like an art exhibition within the actual party so people could actually see NFTs right there and buy them. Um, and then we had like this really cool... Um, art session corner where artists were like drawing on t-shirts and doing their own thing while the music was going and dancing and we had free pizza. It was, it was just like this amazing experience. I just can't even. And then in the morning we had like a sound bath meditation by Wata. Awesome. It was insane. And then this really amazing panel with like Sir Sue and Lauren Washington. And it was uh, an incredible day. Um, and we did that all in one day. <laughs> so this time we're going to... I thought those were the course of a couple of days. No, it was all one day. I was pretty much like shutting down. And then I did an Aku World that day. Like I did a talk that day. So I was like, oh my God, I don't I, know I how love, I'm doing all of this. I love everything that Micah's doing over at Aku oh World. Oh my God. Micah's the homie. I, I really appreciate what everything that he's doing. I'm excited for some ties with Zoratopia and Aku World in the future too. Um, but yeah, it was like such an insane day. And now we're going to bring that, but we're going to split it up into a lot of different days at South by Southwest. Okay, that's that's awesome. Um, what, uh, yeah, I guess along those lines, right, because I, you're very much doing the community outreach, and I think that's an amazing part. Like, what do you think are, like, some of the misconceptions uh, about crypto and NFTs that keeps minorities and women from entering? Like, why do you, like, you get more into the, like, I'm Latino, right? Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a person of color as well, and it's like, you know, how can we bring more diversity in the space? What do you think we're lacking? I think we're lacking so many things. Um, <laughs> I think representation, um, but not just representation. I think like actually having people at the table is really important um, because it's one thing to be like, oh, it's Black History Month. We got some Black artists, you know, yay. But there's another thing to like actually hire a Black artist and, you know, allow them to have, voice in the things that are happening within a platform or within, you know, something bigger. Um, so that's one thing that I think we're lacking more, you know, diverse representations within these companies and within these platforms that are evolving and protocols. Um, the other thing I think that we're lacking is true connectivity. I think, you know, a lot of people are pushing this like this conversation that, oh, yeah, crypto's very, you know, friendly and, you know, everybody could get into it, et cetera. But if we don't have real connection with people that are educated in it, you feel left out and you feel like you're lost in the resources. That's why I, uh, that was a big reason why I started Zoratopia, too, because I wanted like a human to human connection with people on what this thing is and like really support people in understanding that. So that. And, um, you know, openness. I think people being open to different perspectives is really important. Um, I have a lot of people who get get at me. And this is funny because I know G-Money is a non and has, you know, the face. Oh, there you go. <laughs> G-Money is a non and has the face. But I think what you do with it is something very different than what everybody else does. And I think a lot of non folks within crypto can be very interesting in the sense of they they are playing this idea that color doesn't exist or it doesn't matter anymore about your race because we're all anonymous and I'm like 
I just started having the opportunity to be a fr like as free as possible black person in, in life. Mm -hmm. And for people to tell me that no race doesn't matter or being black shouldn't be your, your centerfold or anything of that nature, it really is counterintuitive to my growth and my like being and the being of more people of color within this space. So, um, I think openness is something that people need to be ready for and taking in all the perspectives that are possible in this space. Right. And I think that last point is really interesting because I, I mean, I push the narrative that like what you look like and what, who you are doesn't matter, but, mm -hmm. that, but it's like your choice, right? Like if mm -hmm. I want to be, you know, talking about my Latino heritage, I, I have that. You do that. Allowed, exactly. Right? Um, and that's like kind of the beauty of crypto, right? It's like mm -hmm. the same thing with like custody, right? Where people are like, oh, well, do you hold your key phrase or do you store it at like Coinbase? And it's like, you have that that option, right? Like yeah. in the current world, we don't. But like mm -hmm. now with Web3, we do. And where you want to live on that spectrum is is up to you, the user. And that that's mm -hmm. ultimately what it's about. At least yeah, I think we definitely have that option. But I think um, as a Black woman, I have to represent and I have to show my face so that people know that we're here. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times for black women, they don't know that there are other black women in the space because so often it's just white male dominated, you know? And so I show myself and I reveal myself so that people can know that they have someone that looks like them in the space that they could like connect with. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really important to me and a part of my work. But it's been this question for me because I I do love VR and I do love, you know, the, the, the character building and all of that. But I wonder how I'm going to do it in the future. Like, am I going to give an avatar that looks like me or what am I going to do, you know? And right. I have all these questions with myself often. Right. Yeah, no. And, and that makes total sense, right? Because mm -hmm. it's going to be evolving as well, right? Because mm -hmm. just you want to... Like, like even like with your with your names, right? With your stage name, right? Like yeah. maybe at some point you're like, all right, this is now I want to do this, right? And, yeah. And that's the beauty of it. You have the option to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I want to be cognizant of your time. So I know you have yeah. to move soon. But no I, just wanted, I just wanted to chat really quickly about your latest success, uh, Go Go Win. Go Go Wine. It's all good. Um, your music video NFT that just came out. I, I was watching it earlier today and I loved it. Like, it oh, was, thank it you. Was so awesome. what, what was the inspiration behind it? Um, this song actually released a f like a year or two ago. Um, and it was just a song that ended up on like a lot of shows. It was on Hulu and a bunch of different places, Grownish, et cetera. Um, and when we wrote the song, I didn't realize it was a manifestation song. I was like, just knewing it. I knew it was a magical song. I knew it was a powerful song, but I didn't know that it was going to end up being an NFT and doing the big win that it did. <laughs> so um, I love that song and I love the video because it portrays a lot of different characters of myself and allows me to like kind of, you know, play dress up and be all the parts of me and also speak on this aspect of me getting what I want and being in my joy as a black woman. And so that song is what inspired it. Um, and I remember when we released the song, I released the song with a label, um, but it was like a publishing label. It wasn't like a major label or anything like that. But, you know, the label was pretty much on some like, you don't, you, you don't, you're not worth as much as you think you're worth. 
Um, I remember when they told me that and it really shut me down and broke me into a lot of pieces. Um, and then a few year months later, <laughs> we're releasing this song as an NFT and it hit the highest selling music video NFT yet. Um, it's $50,000. It was worth when it first released and that was insane. Um, mm -hmm. but also goes to that conversation of like, you have these really tough moments where you're like, I don't know if I'm worth this. I don't know my value, et cetera, et cetera. And people are telling you versus yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have these moments where you're like, I always knew. I always knew that I was deserving of all the things that I am deserving of. So yeah, yeah love no, that's, that's so true. I, I think that speaks to everyone, right? Like you, like I get that as well. Sometimes we're like, I doubt myself and you know, like somebody says something, I'm like, wait, Maybe they're right. And then yeah. you know, the, the ups and downs, right? It's part of the human experience, no matter, exactly. no matter who or where you are. Um, exactly. But yeah, so what uh what do you think like for, for artists that are coming to the space? What what's like one or two key pieces of advice that you wish you had when you first got in? Huh, two key advices that I wish I had. Um I don't really have any advice that I wish I knew. I think the advice that I often give to people though, is like, make sure that your energy is aligned for what web three is. Um, come in with a, a mindset that you deserve because you do as an artist, um, your art builds things, art creates more worlds. So I really believe that all artists need to like see themselves as great amounts of value, if, if anything, infinite amounts of value. Um, and come in with a community. Don't just come in by yourself. If you could tag one of your homies and be like, yo, we're going to learn this Web3 thing together, do that because it's going to make the experience much better for you. Yeah, it's always it's always fun to uh, to have fun with your friends, right? Like the, yeah. the barrier. So I, I totally agree with that. And, and don't just be chasing the bag. Like yeah. this is way beyond the bag. You yeah. got to see way beyond it. Yeah, no, I, I think it, it takes people some time, but then they realize it. And once they realize it, it's more than the bag. And then, then like the bags come. Like the, Yeah, the <laughs> they just keep coming. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, thank you for taking the time. Before you leave, what's your favorite NFT? Oh my gosh, I have so many. But today I'm talking to Crypto Coven. So that's my favorite right now. Okay. All right, cool. I love the artwork for that. That's so beautiful. And it's you so know, beautiful. somebody was telling me about it like a month ago and I was like, all right, I'll get to it. And then it started running away from me. And now I know <laughs> I'm going to have to pay up. Because <laughs> yeah, the yeah, now they're at three ETH today. So I know. It's I know. Crazy. I was, I was like waiting for a pullback. I'm like, it's got to pull back. I'm like, it Nope, um, not yet. But yeah, Latasha, thank you for taking the time. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm very much looking forward to hanging out with you in person. Yeah, I'm me too. Give you a big hug uh, when I see you because yes. I've never known you forever. I could, I, we could have chatted for like another hour. I would. I know, but it's that Latina connection, Latino connection. You know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. But yeah, thank you for taking the time, and I really appreciate it. Um, and everyone tuning in, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care, gal. Thank you for listening to The Cutting Edge. Subscribe to stay up to date on our latest episodes.